0: This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week I spoke with Seb aka Niftio, who's a big Dortmund supporter and big German football fan. We discussed uh, all your questions, there were lots of them and they were brilliant. Uh, we looked into some up and coming talents in the Bundesliga, some undercover players that Seb uh, recommends and yeah, the sort of discussion around the reward survey and other bits and bobs. I hope you enjoy the episode. Seb, aka Niftyo, it's a pleasure to be speaking with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. To give people a rough idea of where you're at in so rare or, you know, just a bit about you, um, so they, they have an idea of what your attitudes might be or your biases, do you want to give them an idea of your, your sort of your first, what, two, three months in SoRare, your so rare journey? Yeah,
1: it's been two months, yeah. Um, hey, John, and uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, So yeah, I would Call myself probably a newbie. Um, I've been on the platform for two months now, actually. So uh, my angle is, or the background is, a little bit different than most of the journeys that I've been following. I think so. I haven't been a crypto trader or something like that. I've been playing fantasy football for probably past ten years plus, and um, I've heard about Soreya already, you know, one and a half years ago or so. And I would say that. I regret a little bit that I didn't get on earlier, obviously, but um, I think back then, you know, workload was quite hard and I felt that, you know, engaging in Soraya would need more time for my side and just frankly didn't have the time during, you know, the pandemic and stuff. Yeah. So, um, I changed a little bit, you know, my uh, career um, moved into something else, had a summer off to, you know, work on new projects. And um, it was a time when I was think, thinking about what should I do from a financial perspective right personally. So um, I was looking into Ethereum, I was looking into crypto and um, thinking about what would be a good investment. And um, And all of a sudden, I think with some of my friends here in Berlin, where I'm from, um we were starting to discuss NFT, starting to discuss all the different aspects around that um, that universe. And Soraya popped up again. I think it was probably a month or so before the Series B was then announced. And um, I felt that, you know, there's something there. And um, I was looking into um, Soraya then and decided then finally to open an account and just test the waters, I would say. And, you know, it was just tiny amount that I invested was buying a couple of limited cards and just to play around with it. Um, but the, let's say the um, belief that there's something bigger that, you know, uh, coming with a USB, of course, and, you know, big VCs investing in it, I thought, you know, it, it's probably a good investment, but let's try it out. And I tried it, um, you know, played two or three game weeks. And um, I think what Nepenthe said a couple of episodes ago, I think I had a little bit of the same feeling. It went very well uh, for me. I think, <laughs> I know there were these leagues in D5 where you have 1500 2K uh, users uh, playing. And uh, I, I, I was probably competing in maybe four maximum five or six leagues at that time. And um, every week, was able actually to, you know, get into the rewards, made the thresholds. Um, There were a few top 20, top 30 positions in there. And I thought, okay, wow. I mean, there's something that's maybe more than luck probably. And um, that was also then, you know, after, let's say, a month or so when I decided that I felt that there's a playbook that I developed based on some of my, you know, fantasy football experience. And I kind of knew, you know, what are the type of players uh, do well, you know, what type of teams I should focus on. And that's when I, it, it, like the game hooked me, of course, right? And I started to, you know, uh, listen to your episodes and some other content creators learned about the specific aspects that make Soraya different from other fantasy games, um, stacking, etc. And And um, yeah, and I started to, you know, continue to develop that playbook and what kind of players uh, work well for my Teams and um, actually it, it went even better and better and that was a time when I started to say okay look um, if I look at it from an investment perspective I do believe in Ethereum I, I I think that there is something and for me it's an accelerator you know having the Surair cards it's from a you know very rational point of view great investment and from an emotional perspective I mean what else can I do? Like it's it's football, it's NFT collectibles. It's a match made in heaven. So I, I decided to get in there.
0: I'll ask you a question there quickly on that. So you said that you believe in Ethereum and you're holding a lot of, and I'm sure you probably have Ethereum separate right. from, from SoRare, but a, a question that comes up every so often or a concern that a lot of new users have is they they feel that their cards are sort of inherently linked with ethereum that if ethereum crashes it affects their so rare cards if ethereum booms it affects their so rare cards whereas i almost feel like it's it's almost like a degree of separation where you're not directly exposed to ethereum and its volatility um whenever you have that money in so rare now the market obviously has a bit of a delay it doesn't directly correlate with ethereum charts but the way I think about it is if Ethereum crashed tomorrow to five I was listening to the rare Andrews podcast and they kinda of spoke about this um today. If if Ethereum crashed to five hundred euros, um it was kinda of like what what would happen to cards? Um, my my sort of point there is that a Duzan Tadic would go from being one and a half eighth to being eight eighth because it yeah, yeah. it would then people would obviously, because of the volatility of the crypto, people would look at fate. And and revert to yeah. that is what I think will yep. happen. So just my question there to kinda of throw at you, just to derail this slightly, is like what what do you think in terms of like your exposure to Ethereum when you have so rare cards?
1: Um, I mean it's a good question. The the, the question for me as someone who has been only the- on a platform for two months is when I look at the guys, you know, like AJ or, uh, you know, Walk Alone, I mean, sometimes when I think about players like Lewandowski or something like that, I mean, the time they got in into the game, for them Lewandowski was obviously worth a different amount than for players who came in Late And then it depends a little bit, I think you said it already correctly, like when was the time actually you got involved with Ethereum itself? Because, I mean, that's, that's the kind of metric that makes most sense. And then you can still decide when you actually want to, you know, connect your wallet to Sorare. But um, for me, I think there is something. I think, I think there is a point about um, as prices continue to or as the, you know, as Ethereum is continuing to rise, hopefully, um, at one point I'm asking myself, actually, you know, are new players still able to buy certain cards anymore? Because, it, I mean, in the crypto world, and I am still new to that, but... I understood very very quickly that you know you should not always look at the euro, uh, the euro value there because I mean that can have that that can uh, fluctuate all the time. It's about Ethereum. It's about benchmarking your cards with historic uh, ETH prices that have been paid. So I learned that very quickly. That said, I think there is something right. I think there is new players coming in. I see that with the Discord. Um, Chats I have, I mean, now I'm two months in, you can say I'm still a newbie, but I feel already quite <laughs> like I know what I'm doing when I'm negotiating and I see new people coming in that have that don't have that much experience. And they are discussing uh, euro prices. I'm like, okay, I don't really care what the euro prices it's, you know, it's 0.2, and it was 1.5. So, um, you know, and you feel that from a community perspective. Point of view i think that's a point it will stay people will still compare people will have that anchor in their mind um so i think it's it's not a problem but it's something that we all have to keep in mind especially for users that come newly on board
0: yeah no absolutely it's it's one of those i think it's funny that i think long term it's gonna have to almost be What am I trying to say here? What I'm trying to say is that I think long term, if you really want to onboard the masses, at the minute for that to happen, there would need to be as little sort of visibility of the crypto as possible. I think people just want to deposit in euros or pounds or dollars and withdraw in the same. But I think long term, as cryptocurrency becomes more um, well known and, and used in society itself, then, you know, it'll just be second nature. So maybe longer term, it's not so much an issue, but shorter term on board or try and go mainstream with this 680 million investment i think they kind of having to jump through hoops and go through coinbase and worry about crypto and do this and then wallets and then i honestly i get me- messaged every day i'm not joking you every single day i get messaged on twitter or instagram or youtube how long uh will it take for it to hit my wallet from coinbase how long will it take for me to w- i've withdrawn and i've been waiting for 13 minutes like should i panic every day because people just don't realize like how long it can take and i think those worries kind of make people hesitant you know because they, yeah. they make a withdrawal and it takes two hours to hit their account and then it's like jeez, geez that was close and then i kind of i don't know it's just there's something dodgy about it for people but um i mean maybe i'm talking bollocks
1: no 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 um the the one thing that i thought about is we are Often hearing on podcasts and stuff like D1 being a closed shop, and you always see the same usernames and so on. Um, most of these guys have had ETH for a long time. They probably have had ETH um, before Sorear <laughs> started. Pretty sure. So it is a very, isn't it a very, you know, subjective point of view for most people. Like if you've had a ETH for a long time, um, paying, I don't know. 5 ETH on a unique or even super rare card, They, for them it's something different than for someone who got into uh, Ethereum this year, just saying this year, right? It seems ridiculous sometimes that you think about, okay, this card is uh, 15K for someone else who has been at least into Ethereum for a long time it's not you know five is something else yeah. so this is i think this is the main discussion the why i'm making this point is if you look at it for so and the future journey i always feel and we will discuss it later probably with a different topic as well um you know there are a lot of different nft projects around um my personal feeling as someone who has not been in the crypto space for ages is I sometimes feel it's a bit too techy for some people. So if you think about Soraya for me personally is a fantasy football game on a blockchain base, but it's not an NFT tech project that happens to be in the football card collectible space right so that's a different that's a different point of view so if and if 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 soraya thinking about you know we are a sports media company and i certainly believe that that should be their vision and they are building it on base of a fantasy football aspect getting more and more into the sports media field then don't forget that most of the users in the future won't have that you know crypto background they will be football fans and they will think wow it's great Uh, back in the days i had a panini card physical now i have it digital and they might not even understand all these different you know things about fiat and and ethereum and and this and that they were just like okay where can i sign up oh great you have a discord that really helped me a lot to you know get onboarded. but now i want to play and that's their main objective
0: I'm just having a look there. Something that a lot of uh, crypto projects. That's when you mentioned their Discord. There, um, I always see it's actually a way bigger thing than I ever realized. That so many, um, like up and coming or new NFT projects, it's all about growing Discords. Discord is everything. It seems in the NFT world, everyone. It's like about how many people can they hit? How many people are in like their channels and whatever? How many does SoRare have? How do you see that? I don't know.
1: Maybe a question to you because you are much longer connected with all of the different guys in the network but i have a feeling that just take just take a 45 year old football fan and there are some other projects in the nft space that have to do with football we know that um, but don't you feel that you know having this it's almost a necessity to you know understand discord and Understand all of that, you know, techie stuff. That there is a kind of a little bit of a how do I say? Yeah, exactly. I think it will become difficult for these, you know, companies at one point to, you know bridge the gap between you know the millennials and whatever general whatever and then to the football fans because there are a lot of football fans above 40s that have no clue whatsoever what a king what a coinbase what it is or or metamask
0: oh yeah like if i my dad's not a big football fan but my dad's like what mid 50s and i know that's a bit later than the 40s that you mentioned but like if i tried to tell him i remember in 2017 um I, I actually bought bitcoin first when it was 3k and i bought ethereum first when it was like 50 quid of course i sold them about six months later thought i was a millionaire because i doubled my money look at it now but um i told i told my dad to buy bitcoin um in 2017 and he bought like it's so funny that he sold actually because like my dad's not a really really rich guy Do you know they're more than comfortable very very happy but it's not like it's not like they're they're I wouldn't say they're like, they're not spinning around in Mercedes Benz and living in a mansion and all, so like, you know, a grand, two grand, ten grand would have been substantial money, but he, I think he put like 1500 quid into Bitcoin in 2017 before the boom, he owned like half a Bitcoin and then he sold it for like three grand, four grand thinking he'd like, oh, geez, I've just like double, tripled my money over the moon and then look at Bitcoin now, if he'd held on, he'd have 15, 20 grand, which is kind of funny. So actually, I need to poke fun at him for that. Um. But anyway, sorry, Seb, I'm derailing us. A question I want to throw at you quickly, um, and then we'll look at rewards. I'm going to turn this around from what we discussed beforehand. We'll go into the rewards and the reward survey afterwards. Uh, What I want to throw at you is just because we're still kind of talking about you briefly. You have come in two months ago, and I noticed just looking at your account, as I always do, you've been the manager of Teal Royal FC um, since, well, the 1st of September, and... You bought a few cards, as you said, you bought a few limited. you bought a bit of this, you bought a bit of that, but really in the last sort of, I'd say, two to three weeks, you've went balls deep, you've went balls deep. So in the last sort of 17 days, you've bought eight uniques, seven of them have been in the last nine days. If we look at your super rares, you've bought 40 odd, I don't know, more maybe um in the last sort of two weeks and i'm not just throwing those big numbers out there whatever i mean it, it's great it shows that you know maybe maybe d1 isn't a closed shop you're coming in you're going to make waves and it's it's perfect timing i think to have you on the podcast what i just want to throw at you is well i kind of want to know a bit about your strategy in buying and you know if there's any sort of you know the strategy that you came in with um people like to hear that stuff and then I suppose also, was there was there something that changed that just flipped the switch? Because that's what I sort of send to you pre-recording. It feels like, it, it looks like there was a moment, and I know you might have already alluded to it very shortly, sure, like a wee bit ago, but just to kind of double down on that, was there a moment where you kind of realized, right, it's go time, let, let's go, and let's have a look at the market and see what happens? So that that's kind of my two questions. The decision to do it, and then what strategy did you bring in?
1: Right, yeah, no, and I think you ident- identified it the right way. So it was technically like, probably three or three or four weeks ago. Um, I was mentioning what I call a a playbook. So I think, you know, I tested the waters for a month or so and I bought some stupid cards as everyone does Um, (laughs) very very quickly. I think I bought, you know, some cards that helped me to actually, you know, make the not only the thresholds, but, you know, some gain, some rewards. I think actually um, I think I made, In the first month or so, I had probably two, two and a half ETH in the game, and I made half, half ETH, like 0.5, which is, if you, like, think about it, (laughs) I mean, that's a great, great return, right? So, and... At that at that point i was still you know a bit shy you know german i'm a german guy so you know like we are all okay let's see what happens there's something wrong i was you know digging a bit deeper and trying to understand if if i'm doing the right thing there so it happened to be that it it, it it's going well and i have a at, at least a competitive edge um for some reasons one one point that i did for example i don't know you know Every listener has probably its own kind of favorite league. But I'm obviously very deep into the Bundesliga. I've been, have been for 25 years plus. Um, and there's obviously also an information advantage, right? And I, see, I mean, we all know how difficult it is to get any type of information on injuries, DNPs, on transfer rumors from, let's say, the K-League. It's almost impossible. I mean, J-League is even more difficult as Japan is not, you know, really... It's very difficult with the English language there, but I had a couple of La Liga players in the beginning because of the launch of the the license, and I felt quickly, okay, why is Hermoso not playing today? I thought, you know, he's, he's a defender, he should play. So it, it kind of that really hit my nerve and I said, okay, let's change a bit the strategy. And I I I I was happy to, you know, see that the Bundesliga license was announced. So it was end of October then when it got launched. And I was I quickly thought, okay, look, and that's back to your question, right? I can either now, you know, keep waiting and keep checking if prices develop in a certain way. But there's a fundamental belief that I have in terms of you know supply and demand that As the user growth, you know, the the user base uh, grows and increases, um, I don't think that certain cards, certain players are likely to drop in their value. So, um, and looking at, you know, the players and types of players or cards of certain teams that I believe are worth having, when I looked at the price developments on Soraya Data, for me it was clear that, okay, the more days I'm – I'm going to wait the more expensive they get. And the other thing also was that with auctions, let's take out, you know, the number one Haaland and stuff like that. But very often I saw that even a number one card of a solid player was the lowest value and then they started to increase, right? So it kind of, people were waiting, hey, what's the anchor? And very may, maybe number two and number three had, had a, a very, very, uh, you know, a little dip, but then number four, five, and then you know, n- number ten then was already like I don't know, fifty percent up or so. So I thought, okay, look, let's get into the auctions there. And I think what what changed was that there was there was a time in September and beginning of October when I was still, you know spending hours on Surya data spending hours on identifying you know what clubs and what players do well in k league in j league in the brazilian league in argentina in in the uh, like in the mls i mean even for a football geek that i am i was not like i didn't know that much about the russian league so i was under i was trying to understand hey challenger this is a pretty crazy competition there. I mean, I understand Ajax, I understand the prices there, but how can you compete if you don't want to invest in Ajax, right? And so so that, that was homework for me. That took that took six weeks or so. It was a lot of I I I I found it was a lot of fun, but it was technically also work. So I was really getting into that Moneyball kind of approach. Which I love the film. I can only uh, recommend it. But I felt a bit like the guy in Moneyball who came who came and got hired by 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 the guy who's um, uh, Brad Pitt, I think, right?
0: What was it, so Billy a, Billy? Bo- what do you call B, him, yeah. Billy you
1: know, Bean? So, yeah, so it's a great movie. So I felt a bit like him and um so it was a lot of work and then i felt that okay now i identified let's say 100 cards 100 players across the board across geographies across the divisions and leagues and that was the time when i thought okay let's let's go in now let's really look at okay when do i have the auction? i think i probably i probably have 200 250 players that i follow um, on Surrea, which is very helpful uh, to just, you know, filter the favorites. And uh, so the, the favorites kept popping up and I started to fill. I started to fill my D4. I started to fill my D3. And as we speak right now, I think I'm hitting a bit of a challenge because it gets very, very, very difficult as you enter the, the super rare and unique uh, universe. I think D2, D1, um it is a different it is a different game almost so you, you really see that with the number of users we have right now what is it 50k
0: don't know I don't if there's so rare data charts aren't there but I mean I always find them really hard to actually look at and understand yeah,
1: you, have, you have like the debt accounts and you know I mean but the I think a good KPI is if you look at how many users are competing in that common League so I felt that should be above 50k now or something like that. But I thought, like, with super rares only having 10 cards a season, that really changes the game. Um, and uh, yeah, but so, but that's pretty much you know what happened if 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 uh, you were asking about that. So I had I had my research done and I know actually now what I'm trying to get. And the goal for me is, because you asked that as well, the goal for me is to compete across the board in all divisions and leagues. So um, I just love the game. It's uh, it hooked me. I have put aside a certain, you know, certain amount that I'm happy to invest in the platform. It won't hurt. It won't. Uh, it won't. You know, give me problems uh, if, if if something happens to that, which is very very important, I think, for everyone who's new uh, to Sorare. Uh, keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, with that with that playbook, I'm trying now to you know compete and you know be the Oakland Ace, so to say, in Sorare, and you know <laughs> see what we can do um, when competing with uh, you never walk alone and the other guys up top.
0: You had your first win recently.
1: I did. I did. Probably that was that helped.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: helped yeah. Um, no, it was not a tilt, but technically, I mean, I was it was crazy. It was what was it? Um last week actually. So last week i uh, was uh U23 Limited. Um yeah, it was it was fascinating. It was um Thursday night when Leverkusen played Betis and um that that was actually the first time when I thought, wow, this is so amazing! It's so so much fun because the level of engagement you get when you are checking your phone and you say, oh wait, you are in eleventh position. The game is on. It's it was two 0 at halftime, and I had uh, I think I had Verts and Diaby. I I feel them because I knew okay, there's no chic, there's no Alario. Um, I mean, who who's gonna score? Who's gonna assist? It will be Wertz and Diaby, right? So that was a bit the idea, and it was just a little bit of luck, obviously. That I think Diaby scored two two assists. He was he was part of all the four goals, and then I was I didn't. The funny thing in Germany is, and it's probably everywhere, but you need like hundreds of subscriptions to be able to follow every game. So they have the the Europe League they have on a you know, private channel and. Like I don't really watch any linear TV, so I couldn't watch it. <laughs> it's I like I literally have every subscription on earth. I couldn't watch it. Um, so what happened? I, I actually went online and in and went to the Leverkusen fan radio. <laughs> it was so much fun. I was sitting there. I think I was having dinner by myself actually is a bit sad but and then i put it <laughs> on and it was it was incredible and i think Diaby scored the third or whoever it was and then i and then i saw my leaderboard rank go up to fifth and i thought okay there are only 15 more points to get to number one jeez and man. i thought okay what what can happen to make the 15 points like, okay weirds needs to score and diabi needs to assist then they would both hit the hundred and and, and and it happened and it was on that internet radio and it was i was dancing around <laughs>
0: it was so i was <laughs>
1: amazing my and i was happy as a child so that, that that's, that's so rare i mean it's a, it's a great engagement it, i got lucky uh, everything played out super nicely i think it was a, it was an insane score i think it was like 460 in limited which was 15 20 points above the second yeah, I mean, that was another proof of concept, if you want to call it that way. And it even got me more hooked, obviously. But fun time. It's
0: it's some buzz. I mean, the best I've ever done, I think, in March, which is a long time ago now. It's crazy. I mean, I've won a lot of rewards since, but I haven't won many I don't think I've won any stars since like April. I've won a lot of tier ones and tier twos and tier threes and but anyway, a podium twice in March and both times or well, one time in particular. I remember um, I won a cheer or something. I think at the time he was he was on fire last season. But um, do you know all the all my players have played apart from my keeper and it was Mike Magnan and I watched Lil play against I forget who it was now, but it was like ninety minutes of me with my bum clenched, hoping that Mike Magnan didn't concede a goal. I needed the clean sheet and I ended up in second or third and it was brilliant. I uh, couldn't get first. I think the first guy was miles ahead, but like it's. Like That's what you play for. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I love winning tier threes, tier twos. I love getting any rewards. I love following all my individual players and seeing all their individual decisives rack up, the all around scores, checking out who's playing well, watching games. I love watching Villarreal games recently. Big Danny Parejo, captain most weeks on one of my teams, watching him just spray the ball around the pitch. It's brilliant just seeing those points rack up. But you see whenever you're in a position where you can actually compete for a properly elite reward and you sit down to watch a game, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible because it's not like a bet where it's I need such and such to win and the, the small actions in a game don't really matter. It's the result that matters. And I know like first goal, score, bets, whatever, there are ways you can bet on the actually like, cards, corners, all this type of crap. But in terms of like you can be watching a game and if you have a player two players like you had playing so much of what happens in that game can impact your score you're, you're glued to the game and you're celebrating throw-ins you're celebrating interceptions tackles, missed passes you're loving it you know and equally if you're in first or if you're in second and the guy who you're competing with or the girl who you're competing with has a player in the game you can actually look and be like oh i need to watch this game because the guy chasing me who's 40 55 yeah. points behind yeah. has yeah. this guy and he can overtake me tomorrow night so you'll sit down and watch a game then and you're like hoping a player goes off injured after three minutes no, You know,
1: injured or being subbed out <laughs> yeah, at, at yeah. as well when i was following i think it was i had to hit what was it, it was another league i had to hit the top 10 and I made the I made tenth, and and I was just looking all the time at the eleventh, 13th, and they had one player left, and then and then he got subbed out, and I saw it on one of the live ticker websites. <laughs> I celebrate, yes, he got subbed out. That's uh, that's gonna be it. Yeah. So I mean, that's the engagement, and I think that's the law force for air, and I, that that's the fun. And um, honestly, also when speaking about rewards, we will get in into that. I think, but. Um, there are two different aspects of you know doing well in this and you know it's not only always i mean you can talk rewards and we will do it and you can be a bit frustrated about certain divisions where rewards are not living up to the you know standards or what we believe it should be and they will fix it but i think with that win that i had for me i didn't really care later too much about the reward it was nice certainly but knowing that you kind of out like outperform or you won against, I think it was 3,100 something opponents. That's just a, it, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. And if you make podium win or you're in a top 10 and you can show it to your friends and you know, they all have their jaws down and say, like, Oh wow, you did that. I think that's, that's a cool thing. And um, it's um, maybe this is also a differentiator to other um fantasy football games where you're competing in the league with friends and you have uh, you know you have a lot of banter going back and forth but then having this kind of public league and you can really show off and i think that's a cool i think that's a cool um, aspect of the game
0: absolutely well look you alluded to it so let's do it the rewards i'm not gonna we talk about them every week now so we're not really gonna talk about them too much um, but when I look back every week before I do the podcast, I have a look at So Rare's Discord, have a look at the announcements for the week. And one of their announcements this week was this um survey thing. Let me find the post. Um where is it? If we go into announcements, they announced their rewards feedback survey. When I say they announced it, I mean that sounds a bit grand for a survey, but yeah. basically they're looking for some feedback, which is good. Um they are looking for some feedback. So I've got the the actual survey here i'm gonna do it i haven't done it yet i just thought it'd be interesting to talk through the questions i hope there's not too many and sort of see what they're getting at or what we think what their thought process is so the first question was which is your favorite so rare division to compete in limited yeah, rare very
1: funny isn't it i mean from a questionnaire design perspective i mean we're doing it now for the first time i did it a few days ago and in retrospect when you walk through the rest of the survey the fact that they put the question, what's your favorite first, didn't make that much sense because I put in, I think, Champion Europe D3 because I love my Bundesliga and that's a division like D3 is somewhere where the rewards are actually not that bad. So that was my favorite. And now they're going to ask you a bit more questions about that favorite uh, league or division that you, you see, put in, that's the a lot of sense, you know?
0: So I think actually my favorite is Rare Pro. So division three, and the reason yeah, is that I think you know, but, you do I think the prizes are good and that's why. Okay. Um but if the prizes were better in rare, I'd maybe go there or I don't know. But anyway, I'll put in rare pro because that's what it is. Which tournament is my favorite to compete in? I think my favorite is actually under twenty-threes, so I'm gonna go there. I love that. Oh, yeah, there aren't too many questions here. There must only be six or seven. Which statement is most true about the number of rewards that are given out in Rare Pro Division under 23? You see, this is annoying because I don't want to complain to them about the division I like the most. I want to to complain (laughs) to them about the division I like the least.
1: Yeah, I kind of I kind of uh, I kind of went a bit ahead of myself here because but now you see what I was just saying, right? I felt that is weird because they should ask oh, okay, which league are you most fr- frustrated with? And that's exactly where you need to collect the feedback from. I don't have a huge problem with D3 uh, Champ Europe or U23. It's okay. I mean, you can still improve, but the fact that I wanted to comment on and give my ratings was about D2. which
0: Yeah, is- I'm looking like, I don't know, like, I don't even know what the rewards are like there. I think they're okay. I enter there every week, so they must be all right. But I mean, I kind of want to reply and be like, the number of rewards is very low, just to try and make them give me more rewards. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's like, I'm not going to tell them they're doing great. I'm going to tell them they're doing crap and hope they do better. I would love well,
1: to know how many people said I feel the rewards are too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, if anyone said that, I don't know, get in the bin. Too many which, rewards, getting out too, of ma- <laughs> too many rewards, I just need to taper this back. Um, which statement is the most true about the total quality of rewards given out? Um, the quality of the rewards is good, to be fair, because they're all under 23, so it's hard to go wrong, I think. I think it's a hard division to mess up. I think the answer here in All-Star or... I don't know, maybe Challenger could be different. But anyway, um, I'm gonna say they're good, because they are, I think whenever you do yeah, get a reward, you're a, normally- was a
1: very fascinating, or what fascinating, but there was a very good article that was published a few days or weeks ago. Uh, there was this analysis series around Sorare, and there was this question that everyone keeps asking. I asked myself whether your rank, like if you are in the rewards and whether you are, so they are giving out, let's say, a um star card for the first 10 ranks right so if you are in ninth is your is the is the star card going like what's the likelihood that the star card you're getting is more worth than if you're in first second third and i think what the article said you can all sleep well there is some kind of correlation so i got i got the donnarumma for my limited u23 win which i was happy about obviously so it was like fifth or sixth in the limit with like among the limited so that was nice i was a bit worried there were a couple of cards that were considered star cards that were probably like a third of the value of donnarumma
0: Mm. I'm looking here now. Oh, God, this is going to take me ages to try and find it. Um, Basically, did you see the whole Mbappe? Ah, I'm not going to try and find that. The Mbappe thing. So there's a couple of points there. Um, I'll talk about this. I'll just tell the story very quickly. There was someone, I forget who it was. I'm sorry. I've seen it on Twitter. Basically, the second place in one of the divisions in last weekend won on Mbappe. And the first place got, like, someone else, which is kind of sickening for the person who came first, they would wish they came second. So it's counterintuitive. But part of me feels like it needs to be one or the other, like at the minute, it's always like you get your, let's say the top 10 people get star rares, right? And you come 10th, you know, you're going to get the 10th best uh, star rare. You know, you're not going to get Mbappe or Haaland or whatever. Part of me thinks it would be fun to have it the other way where it's just like, look, The ETH is what makes being first special. You know, you're first, you get the ETH, you're guaranteed the ETH prize, you know, you have the bragging rights, but everyone who gets a Star air has an equal chance in the pot. And part of me thinks it's wrong, but part of me thinks it's fun. Because part of me thinks, like, how often am I going to come first? Ten times less often than I'm going to come in the top ten. I think, I don't even know if that works, but you get the point. Having the, I've been there before where I'm in the tier one slot, and I know I'm like the fourth last tier one of a band or whatever, and I know that I'm not actually going to get that good a card. Part of me thinks it would be fun if it's just like, you're getting a star rare, they're random. Shit one. Like, you know, if you're first and the 10th guy gets Mbappe, that's the game, baby. Part of me likes it, but part of me also hates it, because when you're first, you probably do deserve the best reward. But yeah, there was that whole drama last week where basically... As I said, second place, I think, got an Mbappé. And I mean if I was first I'd be cracking up. Because that's a mistake based on historical rewards. That's not what should have happened. The first player gets the Mbappe. Unless now the algorithms or whatever are putting Holland as the number one guy who the first guy should get now Mbappe can be a second or third place price. I don't know how it works. But um if I was first there I'd be I'd be Oh, you you would hear about it for months. Um
1: Yeah. I mean playing devil's advocate here i mean i agree with you but just putting myself in a different position the 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 fact that you have that little bit of that surprise like if you win something you have that kind of fifa ultimate feeling when you open a pack right do you want from a soraya perspective take it away like i think i don't don't want to take it away but
0: sorry I'm button in but like it's always going to be there because you never know if you're going to get like the mbappe uh, the messi or the haaland yep. like who are kind of the three that kind of jump out as the top place prize so yeah. you're always going to have a little bit of that element mm-hmm. but do you extend that to the point that first place could get a chiro mobile and ninth place <laughs> could get an mbappe is that fun or is that wrong i, I don't yeah. know what do you think yeah.
1: no it's difficult but i think i think it's it's probably wrong i think that's what most of the people feel. At the same time, again, I feel it's wrong. I'm just thinking in order to increase the engagement, and we we'll also discuss engagement for, you know, the, the national team weeks that we are in right now. But if you think about, okay, having engagement for everyone, it, I think it's thrilling to hit that, you know, I think there was a week last week when I uh, when I was 10th and you could win a star card up to rank eight or so so i don't know it's, um, it's it's a it's a fair question um i'm curious to understand whether they will implement it in that you know new reward system
0: i think it's yeah I, I don't know if they'll change things i just remember whenever i did get star rares in the past it was around the boom so it was march it was just after the boom um, I had two star airs in two weeks and both times because I was second and I was third or something I knew that I wasn't going to get Mbappe who at the time was selling for like 50k and a part of me was like really excited thinking like imagine I got Mbappe, imagine I got Mbappe, that's life changing, that's amazing that's crazy and then but then I like, I kind of knew that I wasn't gonna get it. So already, Nick, like, don't get me wrong. I got great rewards. I was very happy. I think I got Nuno Mendes and Chiro Mobley, whatever. Um, very happy. Good rewards. Oh no, I actually got Manuel Neuer. Manuel Neuer was one of them. Um, which was at the time. I mean, that was like three and a half grand back then. That was when the platform had just boomed. It was amazing. But like, part of me thinks it would be really fun to have anyone in the star place have the chance even if it's a lower chance even if it's sort of like weighted probabilities but maybe it's absolute bollocks I just think it's an interesting topic Um, but we'd move
1: on. I think I think the reason why I mentioned that article is I think they did a lot of work research work to actually go through all of the whatever top 40 users on Sorare, and they were checking what types of rewards were given out for the different ranks so there was a lot of I think quality of research in that article, and um, I mean the the bottom line was that the answer is yes, there is a positive correlation between your rank and the quality oh, yeah. of the reward. As a you know, let's say like the e the worth worth ETH, uh, you know is there's a correlation, and I think I think that's it for me. I I'm I'm not the guy who when i'm winning something i'm happy about it and as long as there's a balance across the board and that's much more important to me than the quality within whatever a star or a tier one card but they need to fix the uh you know they need to fix division two for example that's that's for me a much more
0: yeah no no i hear um, i hear you um but as we said look i'll just bang out this survey because i don't want to talk about rewards all day people are sick to death of it by now but how difficult is it to win a reward um i mean it is difficult yeah okay but i think that's very subjective that depends on your gallery but on a scale of one to ten how easy or difficult is it to understand the reward system it's pretty difficult because you know they've said one thing and i don't know i'm just going to say it's very difficult but we leave we leave that there is there anything else you'd like to tell us regarding your rewards oh i should have done this not in a podcast because i'd like to write a lot in there I'm just going to X off and then go back and do that, that later.
1: What was the moment when I said, look, for all of the answers I've given, I could even say much more about uh, D2, for example, or at times actually even D4. Um, so for me, maybe just to finish this topic off, but uh, the, the the one point that frustrates me mostly is with the increasing number of Users and thereby opponents that you have in certain leagues. That is for me a very, very simple logic and an, one that probably everyone would get behind. Let's, for the sake of the argument, think you know, like you can win a star card if, if you make top 10, right? In a league with about 1,000 opponents. I mean, then I should probably win a star card. If I make top twenty in a league with two thousand opponents, am I wrong with that? You know, it's very simple, but I'm thinking, you know, this is there's so much of an imbalance across divisions and across also the different uh, tournaments in there, and that's something that makes it so complex. And you see this Twitter bar that keeps been tweeting around, um, around, you know what's the likelihood of getting a reward and stuff like that I think that should e- that that shouldn't happen at all
0: yeah I think the thing is as we already said you know the rewards are so complex that it is hard to know because I mean obviously as you it's not there's no direct correlation between you know you've you've the limited cards and then there's 10 times less rare 10 times less super rare and then unique it doesn't necessarily mean that there will be the same sort of um, correlation in terms of the numbers of players in each division. Maybe it, no it doesn't, does it, does it? My mind's just been blown. Because you can have people entering, it's, it's based on all the current Like in D3, for example, people could put rares there without super rares. In D2, you know, someone might enter a rare, someone might enter a unique, along with their super rares. And the way at the minute the cards are actually built into the different divisions, what I'm trying to get at is, I don't think it directly correlates the number of players with the number of cards available to be given out as rewards as you go up the reward, as you go up the division structure. So what I'm saying is that in D5, it's never going to be exactly the same as D4, D3, D2, D1 probability wise because there won't be that sort of direct correlation as I've said about seven times now between the numbers of players and the number of rewards available so it's all about oh god do you know what it is I'm not paid to do this so I don't have a clue what I'm talking about but I just I just hope they get it nailed because it does seem that there's definitely some disparities in terms of the payouts, but. We've ranted about this for a whole podcast. I recommend anyone goes back and listens to my chat with Perez and we've talked about it every week since, I'd say. Um, are you up for doing some
1: questions? I would say last sentence I would take the burden of the users to figure out every you know time before your deadline, where should I put my players in for a better chance for a reward? I mean, just take this out of the game. I think let's have a game that is enjoyable for everyone. For someone new like me, it was very weird to understand in the first three or four weeks that people on Twitter or people on Discord are discussing where to put the players in. I thought, I I just want to compete in all of the different tournaments in D4. I don't care about that. And that makes it very, you know, it makes it a bit... Uh, you tend you you're getting a bit cold feet when you listen to that or when you're reading that as a new user and we should take that away from the game
0: I yeah no I agree Um before we do some questions here Seb I'm just gonna read out a couple of reviews do you know some people do listen to me and are great enough to go and leave reviews so the last couple that have been submitted um, and they aren't exactly flying in so what I will say is if anyone does go and leave one this week I'll definitely give you a shout out next week mid-show prime real estate. I've listened to the pod for a while and previous podcasts. Amazing content, cracking YouTube videos as well. Always interesting and a massive help for relatively new. So rare users to hear about the platform. Had to use the Apple podcast app to give you a review, but worth the five stars. And that's from sad face, angry face, bored face, sad face, which very, very happy person. Um, judging by their name on apple but thank you so much for the review and a slightly shorter one from ch bunch of numbers uh great content always Nellis is a stellar host this feels like i'm just licking my own ego here in mid-show for the crack. But honestly, thanks so much for the reviews. Uh Nellis is still a host and it's great to hearing and pick the brains of some of the so rare community's players. So thank you. Um the reviews mean a lot and are really, really I don't just ask you if just to like sort of stroke my ego. You don't even need to mention me. It is just so people find the podcast. I mean the more reviews the more people find the podcast. It's as simple as that. Um questions So seb the first question is who's it from let me find out who it's from um it's from hudson sin what more or different can they do with so5 during international game weeks to make it more engaging a full slate of international games numbers won't be anywhere near a full slate of league games numbers on a weekend even if they had every league on boarded um i think it's an interesting question because it's one of those that it's like I think they just need to get creative because it's so hard to be engaged over these two weeks. You know, I've, I, I don't know how many lineups you got put out midweek. I got one because of Safanov. Um, but I mean, even with that, there's a couple of players who may or may not play. At the weekend, I think I've got maybe two lineups I can do um, based, and that's all goalkeepers are the, the bottleneck yeah. for me. Um, and I suppose it's shown me the importance yeah, I mean, of international goalkeepers. Right.
1: I mean, we are talking of a position that we have both have a, a decent portfolio. But I had I had a lot of trouble, uh, to be quite honest. And then, German national team had the you know the quarantine situation. I think there were four players out, which kind of killed my entire u 23 champ Europe uh, lineups, uh, whew, very hard. I mean, look, at the, uh, the, the, the problem here is um, 99% of people, they, 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 w- they, ha- they are having a problem to field, I would say, all positions throughout the scarcities, right? So I'll give you an example. Like, it happened to me as well. You might have seven cards, and they would work well, um, but three of them are limited, three of them are rare, and one is super rare. So with that kind of setup, just as an example, there's you wouldn't be able to field one team. So I think you know the most natural thing probably that they could do is to think a bit in the style of the weekly special. So maybe having some kind of you know leaks for these international breaks where you can enter with all types of cards, right? You can then enter your super rare that you have or your rare and mix it with a limited, mix it with a common even. I think that's most simple. Beyond that, I think what you said is true. You need to probably be creative. And then what I heard or what I read in the community, and I was asking some people about that, I think the the problem that they had during the Euro and during the COVID pandemic, that was before I actually joined the, the game, was that most of the you know creative side games you can come up with, probably you are reaching a limit where you're uh, approaching the, the gambling. <laughs> the game I think that's a bit of a problem, right? Yeah, um, I think, as, as I
0: said, they need to get creative. So I think really doubling down on that special weekly, maybe having a very creative prize. Because what I find kind of fun, not funny, funny is the wrong word, but I find interesting. Do you know, like, even the, the El Clasico experience that they gave away? And that was by far the most exciting special weekly that they've ever had. How much does a VIP trip, I'm assuming it was two people, maybe it was four, I'm guessing it was two, how much does a VIP trip to a classical really cost two people to do? I mean, what, 510k? Maybe? Maybe? I, I don't know, 510k, let's call it, right? What is that in Ethereum? It's like 2 ETH, right? Let's just call it 2 ETH to go to that. 2 ETH is definitely a prize that Sorare could afford to put up midweek, um in a special weekly where you can win tickets to the Euros or the World Cup when they do happen? I'm sure so rare have the, the muscle now that they can guarantee tickets to some sort of World Cup final or Euros. Um, I'm sure they can. And if not, that maybe sort of buys into the whole international thing a bit more. What if they got more sort of
1: science? Yeah, let me challenge you on that one quickly. But like increasing the rewards, that would... Probably then favor the ones that can still actually field the cards that are allowed to you know being used. I think the 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 keep. I think the how I read, read the question on Twitter was: Is there any way that you know they can make sure to make the game more engaging and to to make sure that you can enter more cards? Because I think that person was adding. A full slate of international game numbers won't be anywhere near full slate of league numbers on a weekend, even if they have every league onboarded. Which is true, right? So, I, I like the one idea. I, I, I'm just going to throw one idea out, and that's all I have for that very difficult question. But the 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 Legends logic. I like the logic that they are pursuing with the Legends cards, right? So there is a bit of additional utility. So I'm just going to throw it out there let's see what the community thinks about that but let's say you have a timo werner card just one example yeah. so i he's not playing this week for for germany and um and then what a, or you have last Stindl from Mönchengladbach, gladbach and you know that jonas Hoffmann or flora neuhaus could play the the idea i had with uh, werner was that harvards or rudiger can play right so to increase the engagement, what, what would happen if you could play your Werner or Stindl card and you would get, let's say, 75% of the lowest performing score among the club teammates that are playing for Germany in that given game week? And then can even freeze it and say, okay, I have a, I have a German midfielder. Again, this argument, of this example is... The, it's for me quite easy but you have a German midfielder without a club teammate in a national team I thought about Julian Weigel from Benfica and his card could at, at, at maybe get 50% of the lowest German midfielder score so this is a bit introducing that uh, FIFA Ultimate Chemistry kind of bonus thing and it mixed it up with that legend logic so I was that would, would have been my only creative I idea. think that the
0: legend logic is, is interesting because I think it does bring in where you know, players will have value based on the other teammates they play with that are of their nationality or whatever whatever way they choose to implement it, it means that there might be hacks in the system, kinda of like in FIFA, where people are on the market trolling through for Brazilian centre backs because there's only two of them in the Premier League and because of that they're higher on the market. da da. If you had people who like I don't know, um Diogo Dalot, I don't know how it would work, but let's say Portuguese players In the same team, da, whatever. I mean, he's in a team with Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo. I don't even know if he starts for Portugal. Maybe he does. He's a bad example. But you get my point. I think it's interesting. The reason I kind of brought up the specialist because he's asked here, what different can they do with SO5? And in terms of it, the other side of it is like I think that's interesting and it's good, but I don't think it could be the core of the game because then you're taken away from how much people are getting rewarded for actually having good players who actually play internationally. And those people need to still have the opportunity to yield and, and have a chance at winning with those elite cards. Um. What? so for me when I look at it is although I think the gimmicky side games could definitely increase engagement in the off, off time maybe if they could do a sort of one off SO1 where you only need one player to play maybe if there was SO3 where maybe you don't need the 5 or maybe it's SO3 no goalkeeper because the goalkeeper well, is always right, the bottleneck yeah. if they could do a smaller version of so rare for International Weeks a smaller version of SO5 it would be good
1: with smaller rewards probably exactly but still but having, still having something and something to, to cheer yeah. for and yeah. the other
0: thing is, just as I said, giving away memorabilia, whatever else they can give away. And I think something I found really interesting before was they did even things in their Discord with, like, you know, score predictions and this and that, and you can win cards. Uh, they did something where, like, if you signed in over the three days that the internationals were on to your So Rare account, you know, you were eligible to win 3,000 XP on your last bought player. They did that, I think, for like the under 21s or under 23 internationals six months ago. So, like, there's things they can do with XP. They can gift XP. If you can give XP to people for doing something, that's creative. But, um, yeah. Good question. I think based on time, are you happy to jump on to the next one? So the next one is from Oh, and bear in mind we do have another 15 minutes or so. Um, because we started 15 minutes late. But the next question is what are our thoughts on the legend cards? Are they destined for zero what are massively underpriced right now? So I'll come, that's from Jay Fraz. I'll come straight in on the Legend cards. Now, I haven't even looked at them, so I don't even know what their prices are at. I don't know if they're underpriced, overpriced, what they're at. But what I will say is my prediction on them is, is that when that first special weekly that's Legend related comes out, whenever they have that first Legend special weekly, the prices are going to boom. Now, boom might be a bit strong. But I'm telling you, the FOMO on this platform, I know so rare, aren't going to under deliver with that. You know, they've put out these legend cards. A lot of people play big prices for them. When the time comes that there's a special weekly, that bi monthly or monthly special weekly, they alluded to in the newsletter, where legend cards are used. I'm telling you now, they're going to make everyone on the platform want legend cards because whatever that prize is going to be, it's going to be meet and greets with the best players in football in history, or maybe that doesn't interest you, maybe it'll just be cards, maybe it'll be something else, maybe it'll be an experience. I just can't see them under-delivering there because that would shaft everyone who's bought a legend card a date. So if the prices have dipped, I don't know if they have. It mightn't be a... They did, did.
1: I actually looked into it. Yeah, so I mean, I think we're in the same same uh, camp here. I I actually I'm glad that I didn't jump into them. I actually thought, okay, here I'm gonna wait. I really want to see and wait and see what happens to the prices. So they dropped. I think that's that for sure. It's true. Um, but I think you know, I mean, they were quite explicit in their announcement, right? They put it they put it on on the internet saying they are exploring. Uh, you know, Legends Utility and other unannounced game modes. So they will even come up with new game modes. And and I think these future game modes, I think this is now still a time, I think they mentioned a couple of times that they will solve the issue around retirement. They are solving the issue uh, around Legends. But it's still a time where people don't know what will happen exactly. So... Maybe it's a time to pick up the cards. Um, I would agree with you that the moment you take away uncertainty from people, it's always a time when, you know, people start buying something. And the utility of the cards, you know, given that, you know, I mean, you can probably only play them once a month. I think that's what I understood. But that said, I think the utility is actually good. And uh, so answering that question, are they destined for uh, zero pounds? They are massively underpriced, I would say that. And I think it will be fun to use them going forward. So I don't want to give out any recommendation here. I I don't have the cards. Um, But I would say that, yeah, they announced it. There will be utility. So I I think we will have reason to buy them going yeah
0: forward. i i mean i i don't own any i don't think short term it's in my plans to buy any the reason i'm kind of unsure is i don't know whether there will be and i think there has to be there will have to be an advantage to having the super rare over the rare over the limited but i'd be interested to see what exactly that advantage is because the special weeklies we know of there are mm. no bonuses but i think in these legend special weeklies there's going to have to be bonuses, otherwise. Why would anyone buy a Rare? And I know it's 10 times more scarce for collectibles, whatever else. I get that. But I think a lot of people have probably bought it with the understanding that it'll be a more powerful car than a Limited. But the bottom...
1: Yeah, a lot of questions. I mean, will you need three or do you need five Legends? You know, and I mean, the, the one last thing about this, what kind of was interesting to me when they introduced them was that apparently the Legends have different ut- utility, you know, among among legends so the ones with the national team jersey the national team jersey thing so you can you can play them but you know the ronaldo and the psv eindhoven jersey you cannot play midweek and you know that's interesting right so that actually puts in another level of complexity that we currently don't have with the regular. and i think
0: with the goalkeepers in particular i don't know how many have been announced is it just casillas um if i go to Just just Cassius. So, Cassius, for example, I think could be a perfect example of a card that could explode or it could die. Um, And it depends about your risk appetite. So, what I mean by that is if they come out and say you need five players who are legends to enter, everyone needs to get a keeper. So, everyone needs to get a Cassius. So, if they want, if they have four other legends, they can't enter if they don't have the Cassius, they're buying the Cassius. He booms. Or they could go out and say, "Oh, you only need one legend to enter. You only need three legends to enter. No one's going to enter the keeper." Do you know that? That's the that's the lowest upside. Do you know if you buy Casillas, you're getting Courtois' score. That's what you're getting. You're getting whatever Courtois scores, or if he's not on the pitch, whoever. The uh, Real Madrid second keeper gets. Do you know that's the score you're getting? Why would you settle for that when you could take f- at the choice of the best of four defenders, three midfielders, three attackers, or whatever sort of variation of that? It makes no sense. So, Casillas's card, for example, for me, could boom or bust depending on the rules of that special weekly. Um, and I almost feel they need to, based on what I've said, they almost need to make it. Oh, they need to make utility for these cards and not just the forwards and midfielders they need to make it that people do want the casillas um but they don't need to but i think now based on the fact that they've sold them without announcing what's happening do you know this is this is the issue when you make announcements or you sell things without people really knowing what the utility is about albeit the gamble was taken by the people who bought the cards um i think it's a bit they're gonna need that feel like they need to deliver for every person who's bought a legend card now and if they don't make it that you need the keeper, they're gonna shaft Casillas owners. Does that make sense? If they come out and say you only need yeah. three key- if you only need three legends, everyone who bought a Casillas is in the dirt. Who wants a Casillas? Yep, Not me. Do you know? Says and I and for a disclaimer, I have a goalkeeper glove signed by him behind me. So I do like him. Oh yeah. but um anyway, okay, we'll move on. Who are your
1: Yeah but- on the on the alexander
0: arnold yeah yeah just there and then do you know something interesting i actually have is like it's from a under 21s italy poland game it's signed by zaniolo and chiesa it's a little like plaque it's kind of interesting there's some random shout i have in this room but the next question is also from jfraz and it was who are your top three under the radar bundesliga players and so rare so look Based on time, I think this is a question that could be done pretty quick quickfire. Um, it also might be a good one yeah. to clip up for Twitter. So I'll ask you again, what are your top three under-the-radar <laughs> players um, in the Bundesliga?
1: Yeah, I mean, good question. Uh, so let's define under-the-radar quickly. Not playing for top clubs, can we agree on that? Consistent scores, so having more career potential than in the current club and probably fairly cheap to pick up, right? So that that's how I think about it. And some people will probably know them, um, some others won't. So I I picked three different ones, a defender, a midfielder, and a forward. Um, Defender, I think going beyond Bayern Munich, you would still probably know players like Mavropano, Schlotterbeck, Lienhardt. So let's take them out of the equation. I think if you are looking for a player that's very comparable to these three, there's Amos Pieper. Pieper.
0: uh, He came up whenever I went and did a bit of digging um, into the Bundesliga. Pieper
1: takes over the space. I'll chat to you next week. Let's see if they actually make it or will (laughs) be relegated second division. Uh, having said that, I mean, he's a he's a key player. He obviously distributes the ball. Um, he's ranked number six in the L40AA, which is always a good metric to look at. And, uh, I mean, based on the, the other fantasy games I've been playing the past years, he has been doing great there as well. Um, despite that, I think Bielefeld probably has two clean sheets per season. <laughs> I don't know. So that is my pick for defender, Amos Pieper. Uh, midfielder, I would go with uh, Florian Grillich from Hoffenheim. Uh, yeah, uh, probably. I mean, a bit more known. I think he's actually in Torque, so there are rumors that uh, uh, Milan is interested in signing him. But he's a versatile player; can play six, he can play defense. Um, he's a bit like like Emre Chan like a type of player. Um, so he's. I think he's a bit like a playmaker for Hoffenheim. He has a pretty good. Uh, Pretty good AA scores as well, so and probably a bit cheaper to pick up. I'm gonna so. I'm gonna
0: push you for your forward. We have ten seconds before we no one on Twitter will see this.
1: Alright, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> Mamoosh. Mamoosh from uh, Stuttgart. Um, I think some people uh, know him, but he's been he, he came in uh, because Kalajic from Stuttgart was injured. Great prospect. Uh, he only had five appearances, I think. Max, and then he got injured himself so he's a bit under the radar right now because he had a lot of dnps so it's probably still fairly cheap to pick up and should be back soon so omar mamush from stuttgart they're
0: great picks because uh, they are under the radar like i mean i've heard of grilich before uh Paper i knew of but only i've never really watched him or cared about him um obviously playing for bielfeld is it um however you say it, however you're meant to say it. But whenever I went onto So Rare Data when the Bundesliga was announced, I went and looked up, but you know, sort of based on last scores, and he came up and he was a card that I was kind of looking at, maybe picking up a super rare in um, I, I think my alarm didn't go off, or I forgot to set it and I missed it. But um it's interesting you bring him up. I've heard of Grilich, but I've never really looked at his SO5. And Minoush is a player I haven't, I didn't even know existed. Um so and it's a under the radar pick, and why I like it is that it's great. Those sort of injured players, um, and players that maybe are have been rotated in the past. You know, they are likely their prices will probably be suppressed. And he's under twenty three, and Stuttgart have had some cracking sort of attacking talents over the years.
1: Well, they have great talents, and then I mean just one on Freiburg because I think people know about Schlotterbeck and Leinhardt. They are all over the Surrey big data top five, but um, just think about Freiburg. I think they got, his first, they got their first uh, loss last week against Bayern Munich. They were actually almost about to, you know, uh, tie the game. They're doing very well. Um, looking at Freiburg is probably not a bad idea. I would, I would. I'm not sure, but I would say they will probably make Europe League at least Conference League for next year. So, looking at the, uh, the Dutch goalkeeper they have Flecken could be a nice goalkeeper to have
0: what do you year? make of um, Roland Salai he was my reward this week a tier 3 rare Roland Salai he's from Freiburg oh. <laughs> not a lot then yeah, I
1: mean, I, into the story, he's not in he's not in my watch list so that probably won't help yeah yeah he's, I think he's injured <laughs> Look, I, think, I think like in terms of ah, so rare um, probably not top notch, I would say. Otherwise, he would have been on my radar. Um, I know him quite well from following Bundesliga. He's a he's a solid he's a solid player at Freiburg, quite solid. Um, but they have they have this Korean guy Jeong. He came from the Bayern Munich uh, youth. I think he's a great prospect. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you know he's got some competition with him. Mm. They got Eggestein, who came for Santa Maria. I think this guy went back to France. So I mean, Freiburg has a bit of you know depth in there, and I I like I personally feel that Salah is kind of like not sure if he will be daughter in 30 you, games you'll hear
0: the clicking in the background that's me listing them to market as you speak um, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll take another question or two and then we'll wrap up um, so the yeah. next question was from I don't know who it was from we'll look in a second who are the top youth pot prospects breaking through in Germany so I suppose look we do only have time for maybe one or two more questions so if you can just bang them out who do you think are the best youth prospects in Germany that haven't had a debut for the first team yet
1: that narrows it down quite significantly, mm-hmm, right? It does. Without a debut at all. So, um, I think there are three names on top of my mind that had probably less than fifteen minutes so far in the entire season. So, I would probably throw them in. Um, I think that, without a doubt, I think the top top one should be uh, Moriba, uh, central midfielder Leipzig. He came from Barcelona. Um, I think he has it like twenty five million value in reality. So, so. Uh, in this like they said that he will need time this season to accommodate and you know get into the German like the, like the Bundesliga. He will definitely break through next year. I think that would that that I think for sure. Um, next one, Sir Demir from Leverkusen. I think that name most Surrey users will have heard because he's had a card last year already. U19 national player from Denmark. Um, probably still 16. So I would say this will. Be a bit early next year. Another one from Leverkusen. He doesn't have a card yet, but I like to actually put in, you know, in my favorites on Surrey, I like to put in players that don't have a card, <laughs> so just to have them once they uh, appear in the game. I have them already in my in my favorite filter. There's a guy called Ica Bravo. He's all, he's a U19 uh, Spain national player. He just got a few minutes because Schick and uh, Alario were injured. Uh, he seems. To be a great prospect um and uh Ica bravo but no card yet but the question was like in general like who who, who might break through so that would be a third one i have fabio blanco right winger frankfurt same thing he went through all of the different spanish national teams new 15 until 19 and then one that more people will know uh a coolie uh Somalia Koulibaly, the defender that Dortmund got from from the Paris youth, French national player. Um, Well, I'm a Dortmund fan, so I'm looking forward to see this guy develop, and, you know, he will certainly be able to, I don't know, if Hummels one day retires, there should be
0: Koulibaly, hopefully. Yeah stepping in No, that's that's brilliant. Tell me this then. One question I'll ask you, Makoko. Now maybe he doesn't come in because a minutes played. I don't know how many minutes yeah. he's played or not. But what are your what's your gut yes. feeling, Makoko, Makoku? uh
1: yeah. I, I mean, I have a good gut feeling about him, <laughs> the, uh I have high hopes for him. Um, I mean, look the. I I would have hoped that we don't need to rely too much on Daniel Marlin, to be honest, (laughs) because he's not doing great at all. Uh, I think he feels the heat a little bit now with the press and media. There's so much focus on him now with Haaland being injured. Haaland will definitely miss the rest of the year. Uh, Marlin is not living up uh, to to that. And uh, I would have hoped that Mukoko will get a chance, but he's still... I mean, he's super young. I mean, he's 16 as well. So he, I think, from what I read and hear, it you know, he still has to make one or two more development steps to to really be you know, you you cannot throw him in starting team against Ajax and Champions League. I think that's you know, but I, he's certainly certainly the biggest talent from any like German club in the past five years. This like. People, you know, beyond the German borders, have read about him scoring. I don't know, fifty, sixty goals in the in the A uh, youth uh, league in Germany. It's, it's, he, he's crazy. So let's give the, him a bit of time. Um, still, I mean, he, he's he's um he's always in the squad. He gets his time, and Dortmund has shown, as Leipzig did, that they can develop these young players right um Bayern munich not so much i'm having a like i'm having a headache with Muziala not getting a lot of play time this year He should get more uh, but dortmund is doing well with developing young talents and that will happen to Mokoko. I yeah there's so.
0: no better place from the bay really um so seb to wrap up um there were other great questions there just on time we can't get around to them unfortunately but um big thank you to everyone who submitted them tom docherty sr ditchy was in there we had marco sullivan um with a great question and uh, cg so rare (laughs) um very quickly asking would you rather give up social media or eat the same dinner for the rest of your life i would give up social media what would you do 100%. 100%.
1: 100%. 100%. So there's a
0: quick answer for that one. Yeah. So, look, to wrap up the 137 game. So last week, uh, Kenny, a.k.a. Questo, picked Junior Ito and Lotaro Gianetti, and he scored 88. He had a 39er and a 49. Now, you can win the grand prize of an Atibo card The Atibo. I don't know if you get the cultural oh, significance yet. Tebow. I don't know if you've been around for that, Seb, but... Um, that a table card can be yours. All you need to do is give me two players that combine for 137 points this week.
1: Okay, so my, my strategy is follows. I was thinking. And this is, sorry, just to uh, Robert, confirm, this is game
0: week 218.
1: 218, yeah. So um, I looked at this today. I knew this was coming. So uh, I was thinking I want a player that hits almost 100 points, and then I need a second one who probably scores around 40 45 so that's my strategy I'm thinking Robert Lewandowski against Andorra should probably hit that 90 to a 100 points so Robert Lewandowski my first pick um, then I was thinking hey 40 45 points left to hit the 137 who's most likely to hit such a score probably a goalkeeper without a clean sheet so Lucas
0: that's that's nice um And maybe that's a strategy we'll see employed by future guests now because I think the the meta has become you get a goalkeeper and a defender, hope they combine, they both get clean sheets, the keeper gets like 60 and the defender shoots a 70 something and all of a sudden you've got 137 but I like what you're thinking, aim for the 100 and then aim for a a goalkeeper that's going to concede i like it um but Seb, look it's honestly it's been a pleasure um honestly there was so much more we could have talked about there so we might have to do it again down the line um but is there anything you want to plug or anywhere you want to be found you've just started your twitter account so maybe people can find you there and and go and give you some support
1: yeah it's uh nifty underscore germany that's my username on um sorry as well it's n-i-f-t-y-o um yeah i just opened actually one for survey i had a i had a personal one but you know all the different followings got oh, mixed yeah. up so i wanted to have one just to follow the different leagues and clubs and stuff uh, so yeah you can follow me there and uh, it has been a pleasure john thanks for having me it was a lot nope, of fun
0: thank you so much for coming on and um yeah we'll chat to you again soon that's it for this week's episode thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to everyone who's left reviews i did mention the mid episode and if you leave one this week i'll try to read it out over the coming weeks Uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening and we'll chat to you again next week